Is it that simple? So many times we've complicated our journey with Jesus. On the Quest Life Podcast, we offer solutions, inviting you to uncover truth, unlock identity, and unleash passion. Each episode is dedicated to sharing lessons learned from the last 20 years of providing a five and a half day, safe and distraction-free encounter with God to over 9,000 and counting. You're invited. Welcome back to Season 1, Episode 3, Part 1. I'm joined with fellow quester, Pastor Tom Lane of Gateway Church here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Pastor Tom oversees the outreach ministries of Gateway Church, including the King's University, Gateway Global, Kingdom Business Leaders, and the Gateway Church Network. Pastor Tom's ministry experience spans more than 34 years. You're going to enjoy this. Let's join in on the conversation. Video, man, it just, I'm just telling you, it really, really blessed me. And I think it was the heartbeat. You've, you, you put honor and value in serving another man. Mm. And it, and you didn't come off as you, as a stepping stone. Yeah. And I didn't see that. Yeah. For whatever reasons, maybe I was young, I, I don't know. But yeah. I, it just, just a little bit of a shift. Yeah. That brought peace. That I can do all these things with excellence and not have to worry I guess if I'm recognized so that I can proceed up the ladder. When I watched that video, I was like, okay, wow. This is a person that's in a place of influence, and he's captured that identity. And I, you didn't share much of your journey, how you got there, but you shared the principles. Yeah. And yeah. I, I walked away with the heartbeat of, wait a second, serving with excellence. You know, a lot of stuff that was, you know, in this book, which was awesome. So anyway, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, so You're welcome, man. But- all right. Thanks for the details. Appreciate yes. it. Man. All right. Here we go. Okay. All right, Tom. So there's a great quote in your book. I want to read this, and I'd love to get your a perspective. How tragic it is for a person to go through life and achieve great wealth, influence, and status, yet not be able to describe the purpose for which they accumulated all these things. How's a Tell me where that came from. Well, uh, it came, uh, the thought of it came from a book that I read probably in the early 80s. It was written by an attorney who was doing estate planning for uh, wealthy families. Okay. And uh, there's an axiom in uh, financial planning uh, that, that goes like this, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. Meaning, one generation builds wealth, the next generation consumes wealth, and the third generation is back to building wealth again. And so this wasn't a Christian book, but as I read it, I was captivated by the principles. What he did is he he said, I wonder how the wealthiest families in the world perpetuate their wealth multi-generationally. Yeah. (coughs) And so... Uh, he he identified some concepts of things that they did, and one of the things that they did is they defined their wealth hmm. in ways more than money. Uh, mm, that wow. they their their wealth consisted of their intellectual resources, mm-hmm. uh, their people resources, the mm-hmm. relationships, yeah. their influence. 
Hmm. And then uh, their wealth. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, well, they're missing something Hmm. uh, because their spiritual wealth. You know, Exodus tells us that God visits the iniquities of the fathers to the third and fourth generation, but he shows loving kindness and mercy to thousands of generations. And and so uh, what a... What a pity, what a shame if someone has accumulated all kinds of wealth and and then it dies and passes on the wealth. And what we know about some of the wealthiest families in the world, they're the most unhappy. People, wealth does not generate happiness. Uh, you have to know the purpose in order to be able to, yeah. you know, yet God created each of us with a yeah. specific purpose. We have to discover what that is in order to be fulfilled as yeah. we use all of our resources, mm-hmm. our intellect, our, yeah. uh, our, our relational skills, our influence that we build, and then the, the wealth that we've been entrusted, and, and use it wisely for God. So yeah. that's where that came from, is yeah. out of that. And with, with the idea, oftentimes when I speak to groups about this, uh, I'll say, if, if I could tell you of an investment that you could make today, Hmm. And that investment would pay to a thousand generations. Hmm. Who wouldn't be in? Yeah. Who wouldn't be raising their hand saying, yeah. tell me what that is I'm in? Yeah. Well, it's the relationship you build with God and the heritage that flows out of that. Yeah. And the understanding that everything that you've been given, relationships, influence, resources, yeah. it's education, intellect, it it's all comes from God. Yeah. And so let's steward it for him yeah. and use it for his purpose in our life. Well, that's great. Think about thousands of generations of loving kindness from the creator of loving kindness. Um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really good. I so enjoyed reading your book, Thank uh, you. Tested and Improved, 21 Lessons of Life and Ministry. And we could spend 21 hours on each <laughs> of the chapters. I just really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I loved your heartbeat. I love the simplicity with which you wrote it, too. I feel thank like you. I was like we're right now, we're kind of walking through it. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. That was the goal. Okay. Uh, I wrote it with the idea that I'm sitting across the table with one or maybe two or three guys. Yeah. And we're just talking through issues in life. And as I've gotten older, what I've realized is uh, the younger generation, that's really what they want. Yeah. Tell me what you know. You know, impart something to me. Yeah. And so um, actually... When I started this, I had no intention for it to be a book. Okay. Uh, I had uh, come across an internet article that I thought was, uh, I was at the time, it was mm-hmm. supposedly from Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11 things uh, about life that you won't learn in school or something like that mm-hmm. was the title. And it caught my attention thinking, really? Um, so I read it and I, with some interest. And I thought, well, I wonder if I have 11 things mm-hmm. that I've learned in life. Okay. And so I sat down, uh, I'm, a, I'm in my quiet time, I journal. Okay. So I sat down that morning to, to journal, what have I learned in life? And I, I put down 11 things, and I thought, well, this is interesting. And, and really, I thought when I did this, this would be something I'll share with my kids and my grandkids. Hmm. And then over the years, as I'd learn a new lesson, I'd add it into my journaling. Okay. And uh, with the idea that one of these days... I'll, you know, I'll print something or I'll, okay. you know, I'll use it to, to impact my kids and grandkids. Mm. And then, um, oh, it was now, it's probably five years ago or so, I was asked by a, a church, large church, large staff, 
okay. to come and do a year-end retreat f- with them. And there were three of us that were speakers at this retreat. Okay. A young guy uh, talking about how you start strong. Okay. Uh, I, I would still say a young guy, but, you, you know, <laughs> uh, another guy that was from their staff that was speaking about, here's how we occupy. Here's how we mm. carry on. Yeah. And then they wanted me to talk about finishing strong. And I thought, at the time when they asked me that, I thought, I, I haven't even thought about finishing strong. I mean, I'm just running my race, okay. you know. But there, it was kind of like, tell us how you're you're kicking it to the finish line. And I'm thinking, <laughs> well. So then that, that mm-hmm. occupied my time. So mm-hmm. I pulled out these lessons. Mm-hmm. And I abbreviated them. I said, well, uh, if you want to know how I've run my race, Here's, at the time, there were 17 of them. So here's, okay. here's 17 lessons that I've learned about life. Mm. And if you're, you know, one or more of these lessons might apply to you today. And if they do, yeah. th- then apply it to your life and yeah. run your race. That's how you're going to finish strong. Yeah. And uh, so then a few more years, our, our publishing group, uh, Create Publishing, said, okay, we, we need a book from you. What do you got? And, and I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, we, we want your next book. And uh, I said, well, so here's, here's something. I, I had two or three that I'd sort of outlined, and this was one of them. And they said, we like that one. Uh, and I just called them life lessons. They was okay. just going to be life lessons. But uh, they wordsmithed the, the titling to sure. come up to it with Tested and Proved. Yeah. And... Uh, so I finished out with four more to make it. You know, if John Maxwell's got twenty-one, I gotta have twenty-one. You know? <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so it's twenty-one, and it was going to be twenty-one life lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, it ended up lessons for life and ministry. Yeah. It doesn't apply just to people that are in vocational ministry. Yeah. It it applies to you know everybody is in ministry. If you're a believer Amen. and trying to serve God, then. Uh, or first and foremost, we're we're ministers for him. Yeah, and uh, we may masquerade as a housekeeper or as an accountant mm. or as a plumber, but we're in ministry. Yeah. So, these are lessons for for life. Yeah. How do you walk your your relationship with God? At? That's awesome. I have a question. I'm going to go off script a little bit here, but um, tell me why you chose the word lessons rather than keys or stepping stones. To me, the word lesson. It's deep when you said that. So, but I'd like to draw out from you, like, why did you use the word twenty-one lessons? Yeah, I, I think of a lesson as something that I have learned mm-hmm. that is replicable. Oh, that's good. And and so what I've tried to do in these lessons is I, I've tried to identify a principle. Okay. This is a principle that, and and this is how it it affected me. This is how I applied it in the circumstances of yeah. my life with the hope, the intention that um, you, sometimes if you say a key, well, it's, it's like a formula. If you'll do these one, two, three things, these four keys, then you'll produce this result. And I wanted to say, hmm. here's, here's a lesson that I learned hmm. and what it'll be for you to draw your application out of my lesson. Yeah. I'm going to identify the principle you apply it to the circumstances of your life. What caused you to not do, in essence, an equation, this plus this automatically guarantees this? 
Was there something that you learned in life that you didn't want to do that? Yeah. I, it, so pastoral ministry now for I'm in my 40th year, pastoral wow. ministry. Praise God. And I, I've found in my own life and as I've pastored others that if you approach a relationship with God formulaically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> if I if I have my quiet time every day, then it's going to produce this result. You're going to be disappointed mm. because God won't be put in that box. He doesn't operate by formulas. He he operates relationally. He operates based on principles, but he's still sovereign. You know, if you say, "Well, I learned this about God," yeah, and you're going to learn m- more. You the the living part of, of this book, I think, is it's not a lesson to be learned and there's no more to be learned in it. It's a it's like peeling the onion, uh, you know. Uh, so lesson number one, uh, life isn't fair. Yeah. How many, how many applications can you have? You know, okay, I thought I learned that lesson. No, yeah. now I get to learn it again in this scenario. So, yeah. Um, no, that's, that's good. And I, and I love that it was life isn't fair in life and ministry. Yes. Right? Because there, as a young person, you get into it and there's just a, an assumption. You're doing it for God, so it's got to be easy or, or whatever. Yeah. So for you to bring that in, obviously from a lesson learned, was, yeah. was really awesome. Uh, so who most benefits from learning from this book? Well, I would say uh, learners. That's people, good. That's good. People who are trying to figure out life yeah. and figure out life from a perspective of, um, I love God and I want to walk with him. How do I do that? Yeah. I, uh, when, again, when I started and I was thinking about my kids, the idea is I, I want to help you replicate a God-centered, yeah. uh, you know, a God-committed life in everyday life. I don't want it to be religious I don't want it to be liturgical. Mm-hmm. I, w- I want it to be vibrant. And how do you how do you see God in uh, trying out for the athletic team and not making it? Yeah. Or how do you how do you apply God to the uh, success and the fa- what appear to be failures yeah. of your life? And how does God work in all of that? Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I wanted. So I, I think it's for uh, dads. Mm-hmm. who are wanting to mentor their kids. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's for men, older men, who say, you know, I, w- I would mentor. I just don't know how. Well, we, it becomes a tool that says you can read, yeah. and and then we have a coaching playbook yeah, at, awesome. that, that accompanies this. So you can sit with a group and say, okay, here's the lesson, and it's not replicated in the coaching book. There's additional things unpacked in the coaching playbook the mentoring playbook mm. that uh, with question and answers so that wow. you can you know like you do on a quest yeah get a, get alone on on your own and uh, yeah. see what god might be saying to you about this lesson and then let's come back together and talk right. and apply the principles right no that's good i'm glad you brought that because i actually had that march in the back that there was a mentor book that you could get so that yeah. that's great yeah i want to go into one of the stories that you wrote on the, in the book and one of them was when you played football and you were, I think it was varsity level, and you basically were frustrated. The coach was frustrated with you, so you basically said, I can't get it, and had somebody else come in. And then the coach had some few choice words for you. (laughs) But there was a lesson that was learned there, and I think that the positioning is what came out to me. In my journey with God, he positioned me. So tell us a little bit more about that story. Yeah, so 
uh, I, I, I played varsity football as so in when I, my high school years, it was freshman through senior. Okay, uh, okay so uh, no, I'm sorry, it was sophomore, junior, senior, three years. So as a sophomore, I played varsity football, and I played as a offensive tight end and a defensive end, played both ways. And um, I, I played sparingly as a sophomore. I started as a junior and okay. as a senior. And in my junior year, I was a pretty successful tight blocking tight end. I, you know, they they could run to my side, and the coach could be confident that I would hold my block, and you okay. know, I'd create a hole. And when we were beginning the season, my senior year, what had been easier for me, what I'd been successful at the year before, I wasn't. I wasn't doing so well. I wasn't doing to the same degree. Okay. And so the coach was frustrated with me. He, Lane, what are you doing? Lane, you missed it again. What are you thinking? You know, and uh, after a few of those in preseason practice, uh, I just wait for my replacement. You know, I, I missed a block. He yelled at me. Coach yelled at me. He was giving attention to somebody else, and I just waited for my my replacement to come in and take my place. Okay. And I went and stood on the sideline with my arms folded, you know, just <laughs> it's like, I, I, I can't do this. And mm. so that they ran another play, and my replacement missed the block too. And so the, the coach again comes, Lane, what are you doing? And then he realizes, you're not Lane. What? <laughs> Where's Lane? Lane, Lane. And I'm standing on the sidelines. I go, you know, here I am, coach. Here I am. He said, Lane, get over here. And he grabs a hold of my helmet, shakes my head about every way, you know, that he could. And he said, you you never take yourself out of the game. I'm the one who makes that determination, not you. You get in there and you work at this until I take you out. And he shoved me back into the, the huddle and told my my replacement to go stand on the sidelines wow and and one of the lessons i learned in that is it god's at work in the success and failures of, of our life wow and it, it, when we are interpreting something as being failure and we go well i'm, I'm just pull myself out i can't do this mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna go stand on the sideline i'll let somebody else do this and god comes to us and says don't do that I'm the one who puts you in. Yeah. I'll be the one who takes you out. You stay in there. Uh, I will work with you to teach you what you need to do. And I'll make you the success that I want you to be. Right. You stay the process. Right. That's a hard lesson to learn, I, I found. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today on the Quest Life Podcast. If you would like more information about our five and a half day quest, visit us at thequestlife.com. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and He will come even closer to you. Visit us at thequestlife.com.